there's a joy inside of you that you just can't explain. God, that you continue, continue this journey within us so that we can bring people along with us. God, I pray that this body, Lord, to anybody around them, Holy Spirit, show up mighty in their life. To those people around that are struggling with suicide and drug addiction, Lord, depression, God, sickness, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, reveal to us. God, that through us you can meet a need. May we never forget. God, may we never forget what you've done. You've sent your son to die for us. Knowing that we were going to turn away from you, knowing that we were going to deny you, knowing that we were going to live our life according to our wants and desires, not yours. you're still there. You're still there. God, we love you. Lord, I give you all honor, glory, and praise. It's in Jesus' name. said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. And I said to her, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So, too, will I be toward you. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king of prince or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. We started on a small step of love last week and and I really wasn't sure where we were headed this morning and what we were doing and I hadn't even came into the sanctuary and I've been in my office all morning and then David comes and approaches and says hey um, you want me to put your table back and I'm like what are you talking about and he said well I don't know if that was from women's ministry or not and Debbie said no I did it I looked at David I said leave it alone And uh, she said that daddy had told her to do something yesterday with it, and that's what she done, and I don't fight that. If Debbie ever comes to me and says, daddy said, I just go on about my merry way, whether I like it or whether I do not. And, uh, but here she is, she's, she's talking about love still this morning, and I jotted a few things down. This morning's going to be a lot different than normal. Um, if there ever is a normality in here, this is completely outside of that if you've been here long enough you understand what I mean but I don't think we do church as normal um, but as I was reading this and just wondering where we were going to go this morning and then I sat and I listened to Debbie and 
she's talking about getting back to the love and Sean pounded me for messages this morning and for titles because Tommy's not here to do his job and at first I told him love love when unlovable have you ever had to love someone that you felt that was unlovable have you ever loved someone that was unlovable and then I came up and I opened up scripture again I was standing at the altar and I went nope that's not it and I went back and said Sean we're gonna change it hope you're not gonna be mad but it's about love again could you imagine how Hosea must have felt because see you have to understand the whole story here Hosea wasn't married God came to him and God said hey I want you to go and marry a woman a harlot boy see in in typical church boy that don't sound like Jesus does it God ain't going to tell us to go and marry something like that we're going to find a way in the bible where it separates us from that and we don't want to go and marry a heart because we will say well wait a minute that's unequally yoked boy isn't that just isn't it just like god when god will walk in and just he'll mess up your whole life from the gospel he'll tell you something out of the gospel that you have sat under some sort of training or understanding for such a long time that your your mind, not, not your heart, but your mind has become hardened to hear anything different than how that one pastor had spoke it. Can I tell you that God will speak it however God deems fit in the moment to speak it? I don't know about you and I don't know how God works in your life, but sometimes God will let me live out my own sermons so that I can get a better and a more full understanding of his love to me. Have you ever had to walk out? How many, I wonder if I'm talking to the right crowd. Have you ever had to walk out your own sermon? Anybody in here ever lived out your own sermon and found a way to understand God's love more for you through that than you did the other day or the other time or the other sermon? And that's exactly what God done with Hosea. God took Hosea in a moment when Israel was divided and Israel was wandering and, and not wandering with their mouth, wandering. And they were chasing other things where they thought that love, they, they could buy love. They, they thought that there were times that, that love was a, a fulfillment of their self-gratification. Have you ever chased something and you thought that you loved it so much that you chased it? And when you did chase it and it came to you and you got self-gratification, you turned this picture of love that God had already painted and you turned it over and began to paint your own picture. Man, that must be what love is, is when I'm self gratified when when i get a fulfillment off of something that i take can i tell you this morning that you'll never be able to catch up to anything that will gratify you so much that it can replace the love of god for you and can i tell you that no matter how far you run no matter how much you do in life god's love will never oh my god god's love will never stop chasing you down And I sit and I watch. God, how could you take a man of God like, like Hosea and tell him to go and find a woman that's living a life totally outside of what you deem to be good? And you tell him to marry her as if that wasn't bad enough. Her old ways became. Her, her present days and she began to live again the way he had found her at first and she goes and she scoots off living her life again while, while, 
while Hosea is at home, a single father, tending to the children. And, and the mother is, is out in the street selling herself, looking for self-gratification. And God goes and grabs a hold of Hosea and tells him again, Go and love again. Boy, how challenged we are. See, if we want to talk about missing the mark, I wonder how often we miss the mark in loving others not not talking about loving god because you're you're gonna you're gonna find your own definitions in loving god <laughs> can i tell you in most cases those are wrong because the bible tells us that there's no greater than love than one that lays life down for another see he laid his life down for you and i we won't lay our life down for him oh in part Sorry, I mean not to offend this morning, but we'll love him in part. We'll lay down this portion of our life. We'll lay down that portion of our life. Do you understand? I, I, I really didn't gather. I don't have a sermon for y'all, by the way. This is just thoughts. But can you imagine when scripture talks about that Christ was crucified before the foundations of the earth? I used to look at that scripture and I would actually see Christ being crucified before we were ever created. And I'm not certain that that scripture actually pulls it together like that. I'm almost persuaded to the fact that it was that Christ was so determined and so set on the cross that he had already been crucified here he had already laid down his life in his mind he no matter what was going to happen no matter what was going to take place Jesus had made a decision before the foundation of the earth was ever made that he was going to die for this world why because God so loved See, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, does it? Does it make sense that God would die for the harlot? Oh, it's, it's easy to comprehend or it's a, it's a little less tart on the palate to think that God would die for me when I was good. That doesn't hurt as bad. It doesn't cause me to think so much. But when I say that God died for me, Miss Pat, when I was wrong, Candace, when I was in my when I was in my sin, when I was out selling myself for self gratification, He chose to die for me. That's love. Regardless of what step I was taking. Regardless of where I stood in life, God chose then to love me now and forever. This is the type of love that we're talking about. This is, it's easy to love someone that loves you back. But what about those that choose to not love you back? See, the Bible was extremely clear here. He said, Hosea, go and love again. Relentless. Chasing you down. He looked for you yesterday so that you would be here today. So that you could get a better understanding and a grasp on what it is to say that God loves you. You can't earn. See, we think we have to earn someone's love. You don't earn anyone's love. You only earn their respect, 
They choose to love you in and out of your ugliness. And that's where God chose to love me. That's where he chose to love you. Knowing that love costs. Do y'all, has anybody ever experienced the cost of loving someone? Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever experienced, because there's some costs. Some costs that come with love is humility. When, when you expose yourself to someone and they chuckle at you. There's your humility. It puts you right back into a place of being humble again. It comes, it comes with hurt. It comes with pain. This is love. Love costs. See, we thought that it was just, oh, it was just Jesus. That, that wasn't what he... Jesus did not experience the death as you and I would think that he experienced. Jesus experienced the death that was far beyond any of our comprehension. He faced the death of, of knowing that he was without his father and his father was without him. But yet he chose in the midst of the pain and the anguish. He still chose to love This is love. When you don't have to and you still choose to. When someone is undeserving and you still choose to. We think we experience love. I'm not certain that, that we sit here and we can honestly discuss with God this morning that we understand His love. I'm not sure that our little finite, educated minds will ever take us to the depths of where His love lies. God continuously reaches out for us. Do you understand that? You can't do enough wrong to cause him to stop loving you. That doesn't give us permission to act like a bunch of hellions and run around crazy. It should give us an understanding of what it is that His grace brings to the table. That He loves you no matter what. See, there's somebody, you might be sitting in here this morning that you're struggling. I don't know. I'm really not sure that God really loves me the way that Pastor is talking about how he loves right now. Because I don't think that there is times in my life that, that God's standing beside me. But yet when we watch Hosea, he's living out his sermon. Maybe, maybe that's what you're doing now. Maybe you're living out the sermon that God needs you to hear in your own personal life so that you come to a greater understanding. See, you may, have, you may have come this morning to do business with God. And I'm, I dare not, I dare not get in the middle of you wanting to do business with God. I want you to do business with God. Matter of fact, God wants to do business with you. See, that's how much he loves you. See, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to do business with him to the extent that he wants to do business with you because that means that you're going to have to die to him now. Now you've got to succumb to his lordship. But see, he's already, he's already given himself. So there's nothing more, nothing greater than he can do for you. So him loving you is a breeze. God don't run from us. He runs to us. Even in our sin, 
Listen, this is, this is what Paul said in Romans chapter 5. He said, for when we were still without strength. Apparently, y'all y'all been strong all your life. You've never come to a place of quitting. Miss Linda, have you ever just been tired and you just say, God, I can't? Has anybody ever said that? That I just don't have it in me anymore. I can't do it anymore. Listen, this is the love of God. That when we were without strength, in due time, in due, He came right when you thought that you couldn't do it again. And He stepped in. He came when you had thrown in the white flag and He stepped in in due season when it's time he comes see he's got to take you to places sometime to understand what your breaking point is so that you can understand your breaking point because he already knows but see it's to get you to understand where your breaking point and if you can get to the point to where you know that it's over and I can't do any more on my own and you bow before God and you allow God to take over there's a different type of graduation that happens you move then from that point to the next point. See, God is always trying to continuously grow you because there's others that's coming up under you and around you that needs to understand your wisdom. And wisdom, my friend, doesn't come by you reading a book. Wisdom comes by way of experience. Too many times we lean into our education and our, our head knowledge. What happens, what happens when God speaks to you the way he spoke to Hosea? Uh-oh. What I understood in my head, that's not God. Now what? See, God was desperate. God was desperate after Israel in this time. He was desperate after Israel. He wanted Israel to be his children again, not chasing and not being wayward children, but to come back to him so that he could clothe them, so that he could care for them, so that he could show them that I love you regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done. I love you. And that's what he's telling you this morning. You've not done bad enough that he would turn his back on you. Christ died for the ungodly. See, you weren't saved when Christ found you. You were wicked, in sin, desperate and dying. And he decided at that point, oh, they think there's no hope. Let me show them hope. And then there was a man that stepped out of glory and come and took on a flesh and decided to walk a life so that we, could walk with him he chose to die so that we could figure out how to die see we've got to get away from the physical things so much all the time about Jesus dying on the cross Jesus was trying to show us and be an example for us on how to lay our life down everything that Jesus walked on the face of this earth for 33 years he laid it on a cross and said father unto you see you forget that part he said father unto you I commit my spirit we're hung up on him with nails in his hands and nails in his feet 
God's not interested in you going and letting somebody nail you to a cross. He's looking for you to lay down your life. Why? So you can experience his kingdom. See, we get we, we think that there's there's one verse in the Bible, I'm not sure exactly where it's at, I just know it's in there. It's like Prego, it's in there. It's a spaghetti sauce. But he said, I came. I came to save that which was lost. He didn't say, I come to save them that was lost. He said, I came to save that which was lost. What was lost? That divine, unadulterated communion that Adam and Eve once had in the garden when they were able to walk in the cool of the day with the Father, hand in hand, and talk about life. They lost dominion. They lost communion. And Jesus came that we could have that again. But we had to understand what it meant to get that. And that means that we must lay down our lives. Seek Him first. Not your job, not your raise, not your car, not your home, not your children. But to seek Him. See, do you understand what that scripture means where it says that you've got to hate your father and your mother? People go, whoa. He's not really telling you to hate them. He's saying that you've got to love me more than you love them. I'm not telling you to stop loving them, but I'm telling you if there comes a time and a day where you have to choose them or me, you must choose me. I wonder how many of us are willing to do that. That we're willing to choose him. I lost my place. I got excited. I'm going to lose my place big time. But I don't put these in. For scarcely, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Paul, say, Paul told them, he said, it's hard to believe this because... I don't even know that there's anyone out there that would even die for someone that's righteous. He said, but this man, he died for the ungodly. See, it's, it's hard to understand love. It's hard to comprehend love. Because we base love on our knowledge, not on his knowledge. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God, but God demonstrates his own love. His own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, in while that you were still living your life the way that you chose to live your life, Jesus had already made it up in his mind, Miss Pat, that he was going to Calvary one day, some 2,000 years ago, and he was going to call out your name. Have you ever, man, I, I, keep, I keep hearing this all the time. When he yelled out to my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And when he said, Father, unto you I commend my spirit. When he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When he said, John, take care of your mother. <laughs> when he was speaking on the cross, I still hear my name being called because he was dying for me. And I still hear him yelling out, Rocky, I'm doing this for you because I love you. He died for you because he loved you he loved you regardless of what anybody else says he loves you and all he's doing is asking that we that we would love him in like manner is that so hard? 
Yeah, I'll answer it for you as you're sitting in your seat. I'll answer. Yes, it's that hard. It's hard to love him the way that he loved us because he didn't put anything in the middle of it. He didn't put anything before it and he didn't put anything after it. So there was no um, furthermore. <laughs> there was no but. There was no if. There was no he said, I love you. I mean, he didn't have to do anything else in, in, on earth when he was here. He didn't have to do any of that. Because none of what he'd done on earth saved us. Except when he died on the cross. And he rose from the dead. That was the only thing that he'd done that should mean more to you than any other healing that's ever been written, written about, any other, any other man being raised from the grave that's been written about, the splitting of the waters, the water from the rock. God's trying to express his love to us. And I don't know how I can express it. I just know I wanna do more for him. I don't want to preach any better. I don't want to have more people sitting in seats. I don't want this person and that person to be filled with the Spirit. I I'm not looking for this or that. See, all of that other stuff, it's an overflow of my love for him. Because if I can convince myself that the importance is me loving him and him loving me. If I, can, if I can get my mind wrapped around this, that I'm seeking him and not seeking everything else, everything else will happen the way it needs to happen. Because I'm in communion. Oh, Jesus said, I do nothing that the Father hasn't done. I say nothing that the Father hasn't said. How do you think he got to that point? Because he kept in dire communication. Jesus go and pray for 15 hours to do one miracle. We want to do one hour of prayer and 15 miracles. Because we're all about that. It's got to be that. Well, the Bible says that miracles and signs and wonders will follow. Well, guess what? <laughs> We've got to find a way, Miss Candace, to to love him more. Dennis, we got to find a way to empty us. To empty us. See, I've heard John the Baptist quoted, like, I must decrease that he may increase. No, it doesn't say that. He says, I have to decrease for him to increase. That means I got to get out of the way so that he can get in. wants to be involved in your life everything that you deal with and everything that you walk through he wants to be there with that so I don't, I don't know what you come to church for this morning I, I don't know what you were expecting to see I don't know what you were hoping for I'm just giving you what's on me she's giving you what's on her you're gonna have to, you're you're gonna have to eat of the plate that's been served. Now you choose. And if all of it wasn't meant for you, eat the meat and toss out the bones. Don't eat everything. If you can't, ha don't eat it all. But this morning, I know there's been some that's coming here this morning to deal with God. And if that wasn't your intention, you're stirred now because you want to deal with God. Because you know that there's something in your life that's been vacant. There's been a lack. You never understood it. Now you're starting to get it. Holy Spirit, would you just close your eyes for a moment? You can't compare Holy His Spirit. love for you for what He has done or not done for you. You are the Lord. That's why I tell people all the time, do not set your senses above what you know Reveal in your Jesus heart tonight. Magnify his name. because if you feel that God's not there 
you'll act have like us. God's not there. Have the entire evening, have our lives. You with me? But if you know that God's there, no matter how you feel. Lord Jesus, you have the name above every name. You're going to act You've been like given you the ever. name above every name. And every knee will bow. Can we do something just crazy the glory this morning? Of your name. Can we like get extremely Spirit, radical? Don't get nervous and scared. Run out tonight. But can we do something like really, really radical? Come and can we find us. a way to break into God's presence? I want us to ask that as a church family. It doesn't mean we're throwing babies and it doesn't mean we're doing we're playing with snakes. Trust it ain't got nothing to do presence, with all yeah. that. What I'm telling you is I want you to break out of you. Jesus' name. So that you can break into him. Does that make sense to you? You can't, the closer, and I've told you this time and time again, the closer you get to God, the less of you can come. You can't take all your baggage. We've got to, we've got to, we have to make choices. We're going to set this one down. This is, on, this is only harming. This is not helping. Yeah, God, it hurt. But you know what? You loved well, I wish I had about 12 big bags because I know that's what we carry. Now, now you know why I listen to my wife and you should listen to yours. Do you know what they carry around all the time? Well, give me your phone. That's a burden. What do you got? What do you carry? Give it to me. I won't, if you're, if you're new to the church, I won't come and ask you for nothing. Because you're probably where you said, no, he's collecting stuff, huh? I don't know that guy. He might be. Come on, put it, give it here. Come on, give me something. Give me. Yeah, come on. Come on. I want you to participate. Do it any, anywhere you can put it. Linda, what do you carry? Do you carry something? Lord, I, I would have never expected you carried anything. Here, put it around my neck or something. Hey, I didn't rehearse this this morning. Isn't this awesome? Oh, and he's already showed me the end. Miss Pat, what do you carry? Here, give me. Hey, give it to me, woman. Dennis, what do you carry? He said, my wife's in the back. I'm coming. I'm coming. This is getting heavy. This is getting heavy. Here, just. Oh, that, that felt holy. Miss Candace, what, what do you carry, sweetheart? What do you carry? That's fine. I, I love, I love weight. What do you carry? Oh, you can't give me that. You're, no, give me, give me your water. Yeah, just give me. Well, actually, that's living water. Just don't do that. Give me your, give me your ink pen. Lighten the load up a little bit, would you? Yeah, here, here. There you go. Put it. There you go. Attach it. However, 
Because I want you to understand something. See, here, just put my finger, put my finger before I lose it. What if you seen me? You said the right word. What do you carry? No. No. Yeah. Oh, dear God. You're just here, up here, you know, somewhere in there. The belly will hold it. Do y'all see this? Please pay attention right now. Please pay attention. See, when I walked up, Lisa said, that hat looks ridiculous. How many of you know that everything that I'm carrying right now, if I was to walk up and down the road, how many of you would agree that this would look ridiculous? Or you would think I was homeless? But let's keep it to the ridiculous because we're not poking fun at homeless. Can I tell you that this is the way some of you look this morning when you come through that door? See, some of you are some of you are carrying stuff. sometimes. Come on, you, you can be carnal right now. How do you express your love sometimes? You hug someone. Look what I can't do. Why? Why can't I express my love to him? Because I'm carrying stuff that's ridiculous. It's blocking me. See, here's the, here's the thing. Now I get to, I get to, oh, 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 whoa, oh, oh, oh. And I take, take, oh, there, right there. That's the first thing because that one hit me hard. That one right there hit me. Some of you are carrying around sorrow. See, you're, you're so worked up because you've been hurt, you've been betrayed, you've been forgotten. That's what, see, I said, no, that's fine. And that's that ridiculous stuff falling off. Look, I'm not going to joust you and poke on you this morning, but I'm just, I'm just trying to get a point across, okay? Can, can, do I have permission to offend? Okay. I need you to grab this coat. Some of you are carrying around life. What, what is your self-gratification? Some of the things that, that you... Live and die for. Just so happened that was a camouflage coat. Just grab something else. We'll talk about it. Just grab something else. Oh. Some of you are carrying around stories. That, that have been pinned on you. For years. It's not about what you've done before. See, when, when, God, when God accepted you into the blood, when His Spirit sealed you, what people knew you as was no longer valid. Their stories 
See, you don't, under, you don't believe me, but I'm telling people's stories about you and how people talk about you and what they think about you keep you from the love of God because you're holding on to that for so long, you don't have what it takes to express your love to God. But look what God's doing. Oh, just put them in their place. Just put, no, put, 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 put them in their place. Yeah, where, where, what stuff you got in your hand, where's it go? Just throw it on the altar or something. Let's let it burn up. Some of you carry around your sickness. And you use it as a crutch because you can't give. If you told somebody how much God loved you and they seen you walking around with some sort of infirmity about you, then they wouldn't believe God's love. And how would I? Can I tell you something? You don't have to make an excuse for God. God is God all by Himself. And there's nobody before Him, behind Him, above Him, or against Him. He said, I searched far and wide and I couldn't find no greater name. And I had to swear by myself. Stop trying to make excuses. Let God take those excuses. Get something else, brother. You've got to move fast. God moves much quicker. Oh. Oh. Huh. Oh, we can't. Uh-oh. See, a lot of, we carry around our dreams. We, we, see, y'all don't, y'all didn't expect pastor to be able to speak into your life this morning by just what you handed him, did you? Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He'll dig deep. He's killing me right now. But we'll hold our dreams. And we can't love him. Because our dreams are more important. Get something off this one. That's a big, heavy pocketbook right there in my fingers. No, the other one. Yeah. Well, take both of them. Don't be scared. Y'all give me permission to offend. That looks like a baby bag. Some of us, we use God only to fulfill our desires. I'm not poking this, and you know this, because I love you dearly. I love you more than, I love you more than you'll ever know. But see, some of us will take our desires and we use God for the fulfillment. We use Him as our genie. That's the only time that we ever approach is when we're in need. When our desires have, have overcome our heart and our mind, and that's all we think about. Well, isn't it something? Isn't it something how, how when our desires become, become, our, become our lordship and how they cause us to live, to live in, certain, in certain kind of seasons and certain kind of ways, and, and, and we, we stress out and, and we worry? Sometimes we might panic. Can I tell you that your dreams and your desires will never bring you a fulfillment, will never bring you a type of peace that comes when you love God? <laughs> you will take that one off. That one's got something to it. Here, here, did you see it when I walked by the chair? Wait, you trying to choke me? What I got? See, this is the enemy. Will the enemy have tightened you up? You, you don't know what to get rid of first because you got so much. And that's what some of you are in here thinking about right now. You think about, well, I've got this and I need to do that. And I, can, We're going to do it one at a time, baby. Give it to them, girl. God's trying to take things off of us and take burdens away from us. And, and, and we have stuff that, that catches. <laughs> we have stuff that catches on to the world. See, you shouldn't carry such big stuff. Because it will 
when you try to carry such big stuff, it will become a hindrance. It'll bump into something in life and cause you to start looking left and right. Oh, you can, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Boy, y'all don't want no mad daughter-in-law. Huh? <laughs> we carry pretty things, what we assume to be pretty in our life. I can't give it to you yet. I got to let him take it from me. Because see, oftentimes, Candace, this is so good. I feel the Holy Spirit on this so strong. Because see, there's sometimes that we'll try to do things on our own. And God says, no, 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 you have to let me have it. I'll take it and put it in its rightful place. I'll put it where it belongs. Am I boring you? Are you, are you, are you okay? And then there were some things that God was trying to take off a few minutes ago, but it was hung on other things because I was still trying to hold on to some things. And it was blocking God from getting this. See, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold on to the hurt. Right? I'm trying to hold on to the hurt. And God's trying to remove bitterness. Or better yet, I'm holding on to bitterness. <laughs> That's better. I'm holding on to bitterness and God's trying to remove the hurt. Because too much hurt will cause bitterness. God's going to the root of things. Man, this is heavy. Who in the world? Is this you? We go pray over you this morning. My arm hurts. We've got to give God the things that weigh us down in life. If you hold on to them longer, it's going to hurt even more. See, Lisa explained to me one day when she was holding Sadie, and I knew exactly what she was talking about. And that's not Sadie. That's a little, little low angel. Sadie's my big angel. She in the back. She run the roost. She thick. That girl's a brute. Ain't even two yet. But I've held her. Have you ever held anything for so long in one position that it hurt your arm? And see, here, here's, here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. She was holding her all through service, not really understanding the pain that it was causing because it was gradual. But when she got home and woke up the next morning, she went, ow. This is what the enemy will do in your life, sweetheart. He will cause you to hold things that you don't think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that bad. I mean, this, after all, don't nobody really know that I feel I shouldn't come that direction because you're new and but thank you but the enemy wants us to think it doesn't hurt because after all it's just a little thing it's just a little thing and God's going no as long as this earth shall endure, seed time and harvest if we allow a seed to be planted within us, eventually it will produce a fruit, good or bad. See, we want to turn that to good fruit. It's not always that. It's bad fruit, too. He never specified what seed. He said seed. We can't hold on to things. We have to let go. And we have to let go quickly. We have to let go quickly. Because after that seed has produced a fruit, see, when an acorn grows into a white oak, it's hard to kill that white oak because its roots have run deep. They've run wide. They've strengthened the tree. But if I can catch that acorn in the sprout, 
When I can recognize it. See, when God, listen to me. When God reaches down and he touches something in your life and says, it's this. Get rid of it. Immediately pluck it up. I promise you it'll benefit you. Pull it and discard it quickly. Because once it grows into a tree, anybody ever tried to push over an oak tree? The saplings will give you a fit. Here, this is a cute one. What's that? God don't ever. That was not part of it. God never sits. He, he, the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. Sometimes. But God never does. You ain't finished your job. Oh, no, that was good. Watch this. It's not that God sleeps nor slumbers. But maybe God says what you're holding on to, it's going to take your time. He says, I'll sit and wait. I've told you about it. I've talked to you about it. When will you let it go? And what I have found about God is that when I go back and I say, God, you remember that time that you told me that I had and, and I told you, well, you know, I'm, you, you can lord the rest, but over this right here, I'd rather you not lord over, right? But God, this is what I have found. <laughs> it's not working. And I can say, will you take it now? Never once has he ever looked at me and says, no, son, you made the bed, you lay in it. He said, of course I will. He's never given me a promise that nothing will come of it. Again, remember that seed time and harvest? That's why I will never tell you when you give your life over to Christ that everything goes away. Because that's the false gospel. Because you've planted seed all your life. There will be a fruit of the seed that you planted. Now this is the best part. God explained to me one day after he told me, no son, you planted that seed. I went, whoa, wait a minute. He says, but my grace my grace is sufficient so what you deserve my mercy and my grace will keep you from taking the onslaught of the harvest and see instead of you getting a whole bushel full of apples rotten ones maybe you only get one and you just have to deal with that one but his grace will help you get through it but he'll take it and he goes away with it. Now look what happens. I don't know who that is. You know who that? Well, you need. I'm not. I won't tell anybody. Here, just put, just put that back in there. Nobody can. Just hold it up like this and say, "Who's this?" Who threw it? Oh, that's awesome. See, you're fine. She's family. Do you understand now? Do you understand now the love of God? And what His love will do for you if you will let Him? See what's happened now? I've finally come to a place in my life that I just decided, God, none of this matters. None of this matters. It's not that we don't enjoy it because we're, oh, I can't wait because she knows that I'm pop pop because she's coming out your arms and going on my four wheeler and we're going for a ride. 
it's not that it's not that what you have dreams of in your life that's not important that's not it's not the deal that's not the deal God actually put a scripture in the Bible for you about that and he said that he would perfect those things that concern you that means that he will see we don't do you understand what that word perfect is I'm not trying to talk down to you I want you to understand biblically what that word perfect means it means to bring it to maturity it means to bring it to pass those things that concern anybody got issues with your husband and your wife do they concern you God said I will perfect those things that concern you I will take care of it Michelle I'll handle it it's in my hands I've got it and guess what I get to do now I don't have to worry about working on anything now I can go daddy he's not my daddy this is just this is just y'all get it I can now go like this and I can love on daddy and nothing nothing is between nothing gets between us now and now when things start to creep in I can go huff and love on daddy because see as long as I'm in the loving arms of daddy nothing can creep into my life I can't I can't open up my hands to get anything else that comes from life that comes from this world I need to hold on to those things that I cannot see because everything that I do see are temporal the things that I cannot see are eternal See, I don't know about you. I want to learn how to love God more. I am so sorry that I bored you this morning with thoughts. That's why you moved that, because I would have gotten in behind notes. She moved table out the way too. I come in and just said, yes, dear. Sweating. I'm lathered up like a, a working mule. Here, guess what? We're done. If you've been doing this for YouTube and Facebook, I'm sorry, whatever. We love you. We mean it. You've given me some time this morning and I appreciate your time. I don't know how much time you've given. I try to make a vow to myself not to put God on a time clock, so I don't even know why we're watching. Well, I don't get to look at it. When I do, I get convicted. But I want to ask you to do something just for a couple of minutes, if you will. Okay, this is not out of respect for me. It doesn't matter. Okay? This is out of respect for God. And I'm not trying to manipulate you into that. If you have somewhere to go and you need, you need to leave or you have the feeling of to leave, you do as you feel led to do and no condemnation here, we're good. But I'm going to open up the altar this morning. And I want to give you an opportunity to come and do business with God. Listen, you're not here by chance. From, from the youngest, I had to look around make sure. Well, the Bible says, the Bible says that we're born into sin. So I could literally say from the youngest to the oldest, we all have business to take care of with God. See, we don't think because she's sitting here drinking a bottle that she can't do business. Can I tell you, she probably has more conversations with God than you and I. See, some people will never believe that because we have taking God from his level and brought him to ours so that we can understand him more. But if God can talk to a donkey and cause a donkey to do something, I guarantee he's talking to that baby because I pray over that baby. Huh? Parents, you better be praying over your children. You better be praying over the children that you're expecting to come. It may not be here, right? You better be praying over them now. So we're going to open up the altars. And this is, this, is, this is what I'm asking. If you want to deal with God, you come deal with God. 
I'm not going to ask you why. I'm not going to ask you what it is. None of my business. This is business between you and daddy. And if you can't make it because you're holding a baby and feeding a baby, then I'm kind of going to let that go to a little bit, but not much. So you'll at least have to do the front few. I can say that because family. I won't talk to y'all like that. Y'all do have, you do how the Lord leads you. I'm just trying to help her along. But God didn't invite you this morning just to hear a big mouth preacher. He invited you this morning so that he could spend time with you. Can you give him a few minutes of your time? As they play this, I'm just going to say the altar's open. And if you want to be prayed with, we're, we're here. We'll do that. And I'll keep everybody else out of your business. I'll be the only one to pray. I will touch every person that will come this morning. And I'll keep everybody else off. Okay? I'm, I'm, I want to I wanna protect you from world things. Things that you think might, well, I don't want that person to know. Or I don't want this. Don't worry. They're not going to know. So let's come, and do, let's come and do business with God this morning, would you? As they play this song, you just deal with God in your own way, but altars are open. Thank you.